Welp, it's another day and another episode here with Wake Up With KC. And today, I want to talk about a topic that is probably not even talked about hardly ever. With this informative day and age that we live in, where everything is accessible through our phones, the internet, computers, and all that, how do you protect yourself from cyberbullying, cyber stalking, and even predators online. Today, I have a very special guest joining me today, Dr. Nutitelli. Oh, thank you. Good day. Thank you for having me. And I love your intro. I love the graphics. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. I created that myself. I had some with the music, but I did that. I mm-hmm. wanted that's me. That that's is so part right. of me that I love to share with others, to help others. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so, for having me on. Hopefully I can help and share too some information that'll be helpful. Well, please share with us, you know, who you are. Okay. And what you do and what inspired you to do what you're doing now. Okay, sure. Well, my name is Dr. Michael Nucitelli. I'm a New York State licensed psychologist. Uh, I'm a cyber psychology research, and I guess you could say an online safety educator. My doctorate degree is in clinical psychology. I've had been licensed now, going on a couple of decades. Uh, by day, I have a group practice working with the chronically mentally ill called MN Psychological Services. And then after work and on the weekend is when I provide volunteer helping the cyber attack and also doing stuff like this and then also disseminating educational information related to cyberbullying, cyber stalking, in all aspects uh, of online safety. So that's me in a nutshell. Wow. What inspired you to do this? Well, I, I've always been interested in what I call, well, I predator, which is the, the, the theory, the concept we may be talking about today, is a dark side of cyberspace concept. Uh, back in my earlier days, I was a forensic psychologist. I was a clinical psychologist, but in addition, I was also a forensic psychologist doing uh, assessments in criminal, uh, family, and civil courts. So I've always had a fascination with what you would call the dark side. Um, Religious folks would call it evil. Uh, Criminologists would call it possibly psychopathy, sociopathy. And then psychologists would call it maybe access to antisocial personality disorder or the criminal mind. So I've always been fascinated learning about the dark side. So originally back in 2006, I wrote a concept which is available at the website called Dark Psychology, which is essentially a concept presenting the dark side of human consciousness. Well, you know, being somebody who, you know, studies the criminal mind, I thought to myself, Casey, where better would a criminal, a pedophile, somebody who wants to engage in deviant criminal behaviors, where better to go? And that's when the light bulb went out and I realized cyberspace because in cyberspace you can go online you can activate whatever it's a mobile device a desktop whatever the device you can use you can engage if you so decide the veil of anonymity so essentially you can go online and you can totally hide who you really are and go do what whatever deviant criminal activity uh your penchant is well my question, I mean, there's people that I've gotten hacked, mm-hmm. you know, on my social media. And there's 
and there's people out there that have a false identity or pretend to be somebody that they're not. Almost certainly. Some, some of the kids call them sock puppets. Others call it impersonation. That is actually one of my cyberbullying tactics or examples. Now, cyberbullying, we don't have to go through all the different. Essentially, I Predator, as I said, is a dark side of cyberspace concept that includes eight types, typologies, activities of online aggression or online assailants. Do you want me to uh, say go more? For it. Okay. Cyberbullying uh, is the first one. And that is, for some reason, I, I didn't come up with it, but cyberbullying applies to children. So cyberbullying is child-on-child cyber attacks. Now, the adult form of cyberbullying would be cyber harassment, internet trolling, and cyber stalking. Now, children who cyberbully, they also can cyber harass, cyber stalk, and internet troll. But for adults, internet trolling, cyber harassment, and cyber stalking. Then what we have is cyber crime, such as hacking, when people break into you know, your, your, your profiles. Cyber terrorism, by the grace of God, we have yet to experience a cyber terrorist attack. And then you have the darkest of the eye predators, which is your online child predators and your online child pornography consumers and distributors. So those eight types make up eye predator. Wow. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So then you mentioned something uh, just a moment ago. Uh, trolling. What is internet trolling? Well, trolling, if I may, uh, before we move into trolling, because trolling is that's I've been spending a lot of time on that lately, uh, because there's a lot of trolling going on, particularly since we've come out of the COVID pandemic. But there are three criteria for you, your loved ones, or anybody who's watching this um, or listening to, to assess whether you are an eye predator or whether somebody that's targeting you is an eye predator. It's very simple. First, number one, is the use of information technology to harm somebody that's using social media. Whatever the information technology you're using, somebody's using to target to harm somebody, that is the first criteria. Number two is a self-awareness of the harm you're causing somebody. Now, in 90% of the occasions of cyber attack, the person is self-aware of the harm they're causing. But if somebody suffers from a, a significant psychiatric illness, uh, particularly some children who developmentally don't understand when they're cyberbullying another child, they don't understand the real harm they're causing another child. Outside of that, most uh, online users understand they're self-aware, they know what they're doing they know that the technology that they're using is harming somebody else. So it's the use of technology, a self-awareness of the technology causing harm. And then number three is what I call cyber stealth. And cyber stealth is, it can either be online deception, if I'm totally hiding my identity, or cyber stealth could also be online surveillance. So KC, you may not know it, for, but for the last three weeks, I have been listening to your podcast. I've been going to your social media accounts. I have literally been researching and collecting data on who you are. And an eye predator will do that as he prepares to cyber attack, whether he's going to cyber stalk you, whether he's going to hack your accounts, or whether he is going to engage in some type of nefarious, deviant, exploitive behavior 
Those are the three criteria that would make somebody a true eye predator. Wow. Um, well, I had a feeling about, you know, um, you know, this is what I do. This is my passion. You know, I'm going to get probably some haters <laughs> making negative comments or someone stalking. Of course. You well, know? one of the things, the caveat that I have to add, though, is that public figures, celebrities, people that are heads of the community, politician, uh, such as what you just said, I guess the, the response would be exactly is that you are at a higher rate of being trolled, of being targeted, of being hacked because people from a community can see what you're doing. All right. Um, they can look. I, I don't know if this is going to actually be video production, but a good hacker, a good cyber criminal, he'll look over your left shoulder and take uh, uh, screenshots of the, the stuff that you have hanging up. Now, it may not mean anything, but what iPredators do, think of it this way. They will collect crumbs, whether it takes days, weeks, even if it takes months, and they slowly but surely compile data and oftentimes a profile of knowing how to best target you. Wow. And what would be the purpose of doing that? To exploit, to take advantage, to cyber stalk, uh, to possibly hack your accounts, to potentially uh, extort you. There's a myriad uh, of different things that can be done. Uh, it could be a next husband, uh, a next boyfriend. It could be uh, an adversarial work associate. It could be somebody that is one of your employees. And it goes on and on and on. But essentially, it is somebody who's looking to hurt you. And they're using technology, whether it be social media, email, whether it's hacking into your devices. This is what iPredators do. My thing is, why waste that energy on doing things like that when you could do something so much better that's more productive? Exactly, exactly Casey. I say that all the time, particularly, for instance, I can understand, obviously, cybercrime, the criminal mind, you know, is illegal. But at least, not that I'm endorsing it, I don't want anybody to think I'm endorsing cybercrime because I'm certainly very much against it. It's illegal. But at least at a minimum, I can understand cybercrime because cybercrime is to for financial gain is the cyber criminal is targeting you to get into your accounts, to steal money, to steal goods. I can understand that. The other stuff, such as Internet trolls, uh, that is, as you said, why waste the time, energy and effort? And that is where cyber psychology comes in. All right. Uh, and that's just Internet trolls. So there is a cyber psychology to each one of those types of eye predators. Wow. I mean, this is one of my passions. I I work a part time job mm -hmm. and this is I'm not creating any money out of this yet. Would mm -hmm. I like for this to be my career? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? Mm -hmm. You know, but I always like how do I protect myself? from getting hacked or what are the signs of somebody trying to you know target me what what do i look for 
Well, that's that's a big question, Casey. You just asked. That's hard for me to answer in, in a soundbite. <laughs> um, but essentially, it is practicing online safety. No matter how online safe you are, it is impossible to completely and utterly reduce your your risk of being targeted because sometimes people are hacked, people are, are targeted uh, and infiltrated their accounts randomly. Even the most online safe folks uh, can still be targeted. So what it's all about is reducing your probability, lowering your risk. First and foremost, as I say, not to sound hokey, Casey, but that content that is over your left, sh- your left shoulder or right shoulder. Um, again, I don't know. I can't see. But then again, I'm not looking to target or, or collect data on you. But that information in and of itself can give a cyber criminal an ample amount of information. Oftentimes when people are using webcast and they're FaceTiming or they're doing different things, they will forget that there are pictures over their shoulder or they were, are behind them. They will be outside talking on the stoop of their steps in front of their home and they will forget that the number of their home or their address is right over their shoulder. Now, that may sound silly and minimal, but what an eye predator does is he waits. He now then he takes that number. So let's say you live at 514, I don't know, Van Heusen Drive. Okay. He takes that number. Then he he listens and he goes to your other social medias. Then what he does is if you have a blog, if you have a website, he begins to look into the contact. It goes on and on and on. And depending on how good an eye predator is, he can re- he can actually infiltrate you quite frequently and quite easily. Wow. Well, these are just quotes, honestly, <laughs> and books to read <laughs> and things to do. So, may I ask if I'm again, and I can't see because I I am, but for instance, the picture that is directly behind you. Mm-hmm. On that desk. Now, it could be something innocuous. I don't know you. I, you know, I don't know about your life, where you live. But a good eye predator, if he has spent enough time, he may, in fact, know who's in that picture. He may not. He may just snapshot it and save it and create a dossier. So it's understanding that that information right there could be totally innocuous. But it is always understanding that the content that is behind you, what you share online, your privacy settings and social media. Um, I, I have helped people that have had their Facebook setting. Again, I don't want to go into the, to the finite details of people that I've, had. I've been doing this since uh, 2010. But I have helped people who have had their Facebook on public, didn't know it was private, and literally announced they were going on vacation and when they were going on vacation, where they're going and where they're from, they go on vacation, they return home and guess what? Their house has been ransacked because they essentially announced to the world where they were going, when they were going, and this is what happens. So it is essentially always understanding that you and I are talking right now Uh, eventually, this is an educational podcast, you're eventually going to share it. Um, So other online users, those that are advocates of your show, but then those that are potential enemies or adversary, 
they can take the information that's shared and exchanged and use it to their advantage. Wow. That's a little alarming. Well, I, I often, not oftentimes, Casey, but every now and then I, I get online users saying, well, Dr. Nucitelli, what do you want us to do? Turn off the internet? And my, my immediate response is no. <laughs> I love the internet. Uh, we live in the information age, but it is, it's understanding that, you know, what we do online is not in a vacuum, okay? Information can only be manipulated three ways. It, we can uh, compile information and data, we can disseminate information, and we can exchange information. Those, that is the triad of information. But an eye predator uses those three elements to learn about you. Okay. Then another thing, I don't know if we'll have much time, a subconcept of eye predator is called odor. Offline distress dictates online response. And what that means is the way your offline world is going, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you're depressed, whether you're intoxicated, whether you just had an argument with a loved one, I believe it directly affects what you do online. Not only does it affect what you disseminate and share online, but what you exchange and what you compile. And if you are upset, if you are stressed, if you are tired, if you're depressed and discouraged, you're more likely to go online and social media engage in high-risk online activities because of your psychological functioning. Wow. So then would it be safe to say because you know, the social media, and you mentioned cyberbullying earlier, mm -hmm. that because of people's programs and beliefs, they cyberbully other people on social media. Well, most true. Again, now cyberbullying is with children, but yes, the adults target one another and engage in cyber harassment, internet trolling, and cyber stalking. Now, of the three, cyber stalking by far, again, there's many definitions, um, but let's just stick with cyber stalking uh, for now. And obviously, cyber, cyber stalking can occur with child. First and foremost, cyber stalking can be as simple as online surveillance, is watching somebody, using technology to collect data, as I said. Okay, that is cyber stalking. Cyber stalking is also used in a comical sense. If somebody is constantly, you know, contacting you, it's really cyber harassment, but you'd say, I wish he'd stop cyber stalking me. He just keeps calling me, emailing, texting me. I wish he would stop. That is not the true cyber stalking. True cyber stalking is the use of information technology to create fear and, and making threat using direct or indirect threats of physical harm to another online user and doing it repeatedly. That is true cyber stalking. And that's very serious because it's cyber stalking that can move into offline aggression and offline violence. Okay. So then would it be safe to say that cyber harassment of somebody constantly like noticing somebody's always making comments on well, all your posts. Oh, most certainly. Cyber harassment is repetitive, but within cyber harassment, there is the element of character assassination, defamation, potentially slander. 
cyber harasser could be this it could be a guy who's attracted to you okay but in order to be a night predator remember in order to be a night predator cyber harasser there has to be the use of technology that's a no-brainer but two a self-awareness of causing harm so a cyber harasser who's attracted to you and is just constantly emailing you he's not an eye predator although he's a pain in the ass it's just he's constantly he's not a true eye predator a cyber harasser is looking to character assassinate you cyber harassers usually is somebody you know that's or at least is an online associate it's the internet trolls that will cyber harass and that then they move into you know what i call our predatory trolls now predatory trolls are internet trolls all right internet trolls been around since the beginning of the internet and what internet trolls do the classic internet troll is what they're looking to do is they go online and they may repeatedly you know uh, contact you but what they're trying to do is to provoke you to upset you and get you angry that is a is an uh, internet troll why why do they do that casey is <laughs> because it makes them feel good about themselves and they can give themselves the proverbial high five and stroke to their ego Ooh, they got you angry it makes them feel good about themselves how silly that is well they do but well that's now, what's like the politicians these days to be honest well, yes yes we could say <laughs> well i mean so but then what we have which are the serious which is which i introduced a couple of years ago it's called the predatory troll the predatory troll is an online user or online users sometimes they run in groups but they can just be a single and not only kc are they going after your podcast and writing terrible comments now they're going after your loved ones they're going after your job they're going after every aspect of your life with the sole purpose is to totally decimate your online reputation, your offline reputation, your integrity, your trustworthiness, and to completely character assassinate who you are. That is the predatory troll. Damn. They must have too much time on their hands to do all that shit. Well, it's honest. Again, I... <laughs> When I was trolled by my predatory trolls, I had one, again, that we can do a whole show on what's called Troll Triad, but I had a troll several years back who wrote a formal letter to the New York State Education Department, Office of Professional uh, Discipline, calling for immediate revocation of my license to practice because what he was alleging is I engage in attempted homicide by internet. <laughs> Now, mind you, the, the state education department laughed at it, but they still had to do an investigation nonetheless because my predatory troll, he had formatted and he had written a letter correctly, okay? But imagine if he had concocted something that had some form of basis, all right? Predatory trolls will spend the time, they will spend the energy, they will even at times spend money in order to completely decimate your integrity and your trustworthiness. Sounds like somebody that is very insecure about themselves and is lost and has no purpose but to destroy others. That's well, uh, University of Manitoba. 2014 came out with a huge study. I bring it up almost every time. 
It's only uh, eight years ago, and it's still hitting home. They did a huge study on Internet trolls. And what they found are at Internet, it's called the dark tetrad. <laughs> internet trolls are at much higher rate of being psychopathic, Machiavellian, narcissistic, and sadistic. Sadistic being they enjoy the harm they're causing others. They feel good about upsetting you. They feel good about destroying your reputation. Machiavellian, which is the ends justify the means, they feel that no matter what they do, in order to achieve total assassination of your character, whatever I do is fair game. Okay? Narcissistic, I am right. I deserve to be doing this to you because, you know, I can't believe that you said something or you did something or you don't subscribe to whatever my philosophy is. And then the last one being psychopathic, not a psychopath, but psychopathic, they feel no remorse. They feel no shame and they feel no guilt for what they're doing to you. That is the dark tetrad. And what the University of Manitoba found was is that internet trolls were at much higher rates of those far personality characteristics. Holy shit, Batman. Yes. So, like how, I mean, how do you be able to, like, some of us want to give positivity out. And that's what you do. And I'm, my recommendation is don't stop. But it's, and I'm not, and I, I, I don't want your followers to think what I'm saying is turn off. I mean, that's internet addiction. I do say turn off the devices and go outside and enjoy yourself a little bit. Go right. sit by the river. But what I'm also saying is, Casey, information technology is wonderful. Okay. The, the benefits of information technology of social media far outweigh the, the, the detriments and the negative aspects. But it is understanding that if you don't practice minimal online safety, if you don't, you know, reduce or make sure or you're cognizant of your offline psychology, you know, how you're feeling, um, if you're not even a little bit careful, I call it eye preservation, eye prevention, you increase your probability of being targeted. Now, I don't want to toot my own horn, but Casey, I practice online safety, all right? Even though I practice online safety, I was targeted by trolls. Another one, um, not to go into him, uh, he, I, uh, this was an individual. Another is he's no longer with us. He passed away back in 2017. They found him deceased. He had died from what's called SS, sudden sniffing death syndrome, SSDS. He was sniffing computer cleaner. He was an information security professional. They found him deceased. But prior to his death, you know, God rest his family, you know, God bless his family. I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, castigate or deprecate him because he's no longer with us. But for an entire year, he targeted me. And what he did is he purchased w the domain of my name, michaelnuccitelli.net. Now, kids do this, those that have the money, as well as adults. He purchased Michael Nucitelli.net. He set up a full website called michaelnuccitelli.net and began to post content saying, I supported sexual exploitation of children. He also attempted to call my ex-wife, my, my contacts, so forth and so on, and then post it on the website. 
Now, when that was occurring, I did my best to call the hosting company. I would have had to have gotten a subpoena. And even with Dr. Nucitelli's, because I was a forensic psychologist and connections with the courts, I would still would have had to have paid five to $7,000 to potentially get a court order to shut that website down. And that court order, it wouldn't have been a guarantee. Why? Because, and believe me, I'm a big supporter, the First Amendment, freedom of speech. And here we are in 2022. There is no criminal defamation. People can go online and totally devastate and totally create disinformation campaigns. What is a disinformation campaign? A disinformation campaign, if I'm doing this with KC, I create a, a whole a cadre, a plethora of negative defamatory information about you that is not true. And I just begin to share it all over the internet and I do it repeatedly. And I do it long enough to where eventually it starts to Google index. It starts to show up in the search engines. And now all of a sudden, when you go for a new job and they are not supposed to, they do a Google search on your name. Now guess what shows up on the first page of Google when they Google Casey. This is what predatories, predatory trolls do to, to online users. And well, I, I've actually seen a, a few like movies about people that have done that to people. Mm -hmm. And it destroy it, it almost destroys them. Yes. And see, the thing is, when you see it on TV, when you you don't think it's possible, I, I can tell you again, I have volunteered after work and on the weekend since 2010. Uh, you know, I finally I thought of I Pred around 2009-ish. I didn't write it until 2010. Around 2010 early is when I began volunteering. So from it's been what 12 years now, I have volunteered confidential. I've heard everything under the sun, but I have heard people that have lost their jobs. I have heard in certain situations, well, actually one situation where a child, not a child, a teenager uh, was not admitted to college because of what information was found in the Google search. I have heard such incredible things that have happened, things that people have lost because of the, of the vitriol that goes online. How can we stop that? Well, I, I, again, I wish there could be a, a legal statute called criminal defamation. Uh, the other thing being is, it is if you're going to have an online presence, uh, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, you know, we have to these days because why? We live in the information age. So the first thing I recommend to everybody is to create content, is to have an online presence is, and obviously you want to have, you know, uh, respectful, decent, educational content, whatever your passion is, and I use this one all the time because I love cheese, is to create and put out educational content about blue cheese, Gota Gonzola, extra sharp cheddar cheese, putting out content through social media, having a blog about your love of pets. I wish I could have another great Dane, Miss Casey, but I can't at this time because I live here in New York City, but I love animals. Uh, you know, I always hashtag animal lovers. Um, 
So when I share content, obviously I'm sharing my educational content uh, on cyberbullying, cyberstalking, cyber harassment, it's all educational. It's free. Uh, but I also will share content on my love for animals and then occasionally my love for food, <laughs> as I mentioned, cheese. So by doing that over the course of time, it doesn't completely isolate you from being targeted and trolled, but it certainly reduces the probability. Anybody right now, if they were to Google Michael Nucitelli or Dr. Nucitelli, they can find information that occurred several years ago of my trolls that targeted me, that put it out incredible information. Um, that is what happens. And the unfortunate thing, and, and it's so frustrating, once content is put in a cyberspace, even if you are successful in getting it removed, either legally or somehow you can get it removed, um, it still stays there, all right? The content that is shared online, I hate to say it, I know this sounds corny, is eternal. You cannot delete it. You can delete it from your devices. You can use, you know, a court system to delete it from platforms. But what about the 5,000 other online users that downloaded and saved that to their devices? Mm. So content can never be totally eradicated. Wow. So that's why it's so important, Casey, is when you're online is to always be cognizant of what you're going to share and what you're going to put out there. What you think is, you know, uh, fun and silly and woohoo, cool, my college days, you know. God forbid if it's something that is uh, racist, if something is ideologically extreme, even when you were kidding and you shared it online, if something was sexual in nature, even, you know, uh, rated PG sexual, it can be taken and it can be, you know, it can be tweaked so that it's used against you. Two of the biggest uh, cyber criminal activities and also internet troll activities that we're dealing with today is it's extortion and revenge porn. Those two aspects can totally ruin a person's life. Wow. Revenge porn? What is that? Revenge porn is, is you and I break up, okay? And you know what? The reason why we broke up is, is I think you were cheating on me or even if you were, you know, whatever. It was an adversarial breakup. Well, you remember those images that you had sent me a couple of years ago for uh, uh, Valentine's Day? You remember those couple of videos that we did, you and I fooling around out in the backyard? Well, I saved them. And what revenge porn is, now I take that content, obviously without your consent, I send it to your loved ones. I send it to your new, uh, you know, intimate partner. I send it to your school. I send it to your family, your parents, your children. I send it to anybody that I can to completely cause you, <laughs> you know, well, obviously, you know what that would do. That is revenge porn to seek revenge using sexually themed content to get back at you. Oh, isn't that like what happened to Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee? And then I think there was a thing with the, one of the Kardashians and whatnot. Respectfully, Miss Gags, Casey, I'm sorry, I don't follow celebrity. I mean, obviously. There was a, uh, a little sexual content between Pamela and Tommy Lee that got out without 
them knowing somehow it got out okay. there. All right. Well, I mean, that, that happened. I mean, when you think about it, how would it have gotten out unless one of the two uh, had released it, unless somehow they misplaced the camera and some, you know. But but the point is, is that sexual content that's shared online, and I, you know, and I am still, Casey, a hopeless romantic, and but what I'm saying is, no matter who you get involved with, your intimate partner, whether you know you know them online, whether you know them offline, whether you're in love, even if you're married, okay? Uh, I have, and I hate to say this, in my volunteer work over the past decade, I think I may have helped a couple hundred folks, um, divorced couples where they never thought they would get divorced, and now they're at, in, the, in the midst of an adversarial divorce. And the ex-husband now starts sharing uh, sexually themed content online on Facebook. And now she's struggling to try to get Facebook to, to pull it, to shut it, to cancel it. Well, what can be done? Even if Facebook removes those images and, you know, deletes his account, what does he do? Creates another one. So what I'm saying is, is personal information personal information that is of a sexual nature, personal information that you share or discuss that would be considered ideologically extreme, whether even if you're kidding and you share that online, KC, it can be used against you and hold you for ransom. And it's being done. I have helped wow. people where that's being done. Wow. Because I, I talk about sex, sexual energy, in, because I understand the history of it. Mm -hmm. I take everything from check your history, go back in time in history. This is what was going on back in those days. Right. Well, there, there's nothing wrong if you're if you're educating uh, online users uh, about, you know, sexual sexuality. That's one thing. But to share your own uh, sexual history, that's a whole different story. And it may be as, as uh, how do I say, uh, rated G and as, you know, cute as possible, you know, even with the wording. But an eye predator, if he's good, he will take it and he will distort it to use it to his advantage. Wow. So, yes. Yeah, so educating online users about sexuality is fine. But sharing personal information about your own sexuality, about your own history you slowly increase the probability of being targeted, of being trolled. So even explaining and sharing the best sexual experience I've ever had in my life? Most certainly. Who are the, Right now, the LGBTQ plus community are targeted incessantly because of what? Their sexual orientation. And I but, think that's so wrong. Of course it's wrong. It's all wrong, but... The, Remember now, Casey, there are people that are using mobile devices that are sitting behind a desktop or a laptop. Yes, it's wrong, but is there any accountability? Is there anybody that is coming in and arresting them or saying you're being immoral, you're being a psychopath? No. The, one of the, the biggest problems with us, with all of us here in the information age, there is no accountability. The vast majority of, of targeting, of gay bashing, of all of this is done, again, the veil of anonymity. Wow. That it sounds like another program, like history repeating itself. It just took on a different form. 
And it's only going to continue until we get to a point where we do something about it. Um, one of the things I believe is that there needs to be, and starting as early as possible, it needs to be a, an educational compulsory requirement where all schools starting early on introduce children to cyberbullying prevention, online safety, basic how to conduct oneself online, starting as early as elementary school and obviously making it developmentally appropriate for a second, third, fourth grader in each consecutive year. Casey, we live in the information age. We are going to be surrounded by technology for the next couple of centuries. Now what we're being introduced to and we're only just starting is virtual reality and artificial intelligence. And then I'm not even going to talk about nanotechnology, but just virtual reality and artificial intelligence. You've heard of the metaverse. They're, they're, when I say they, I don't know the exact uh, organization, but they're saying in 30 years from now, the vast majority of us, our online time is going to be spent in the 3D metaverse, <laughs> whatever that is, okay? Uh, I know a little bit about virtual reality, um, but that what they're saying is, is 30 years from now, most of our time will be spent in a virtual reality forum. Okay, that's interesting. And what is a cyberbullying tactic? Children attacking one another? It's called VLE cyberbullying, virtual learning environment cyberbullying. What did we what were what were children, parents and families introduced due to the COVID environment? Online schooling, virtual learning environments. Now, they're very helpful. They're beneficial. Adult online education is wonderful. Online education for children is wonderful. But the question is, Casey, are we going to eventually lose brick and mortar schools because it'll all eventually go to virtual learning environments? I certainly hope not. Wow. I mean, you said earlier, like information is great, especially, you know, there there is pros with the Internet because that's how I started my you know, besides reading books, mm -hmm. is going and checking reference, cross-referencing, connecting the dots of ancient civilizations, you know, the Sumerians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, you know, Alexander the Great, and, you know, the Roman Empire, and then the Egyptians, and then Peru, yep. Maya, the, you know, the Aztec, all because it's significant and resonates with me because of my, my gift of channeling. Mm -hmm. And channeling in these languages that I have no idea, but of what I'm saying. But it's, I was able to use the internet to go and explore and do some research and study. I became like an Nancy Drew. Like, what, what in the world is going on? And why does this language, why do these pyramids, you know, yes. resonate? And, you, and if I may, uh, forgive me for, you should continue. And to enjoy it as you will. But at the same time, it's always understanding when you're online. OK, um, it's understanding that I don't want to I'm not a paranoid person. Believe me, if anything, I'm very type B is somebody could be watching. It's always assuming when you go online and again, you can compile information, you can disseminate information and you can exchange information. It's also understanding whatever your psychological state is offline. 
I don't right. recommend coming online and drinking three bottles of three quarters of a bottle of Chardonnay. Don't get me wrong. Why? No. Wine is wonderful, but smoking a joint, getting a little bit tipsy, it may sound wonderful, but when you go online, if you're not in a, and you don't have to be in a positive state, but it's being in a state of reality as best as you can, because the vast, 99% of all cyber attacks occur to human error. As I said in the beginning, some of it, it just occurs randomly. It's just in a bad place at a bad time, you know, but the vast majority is because of our mistakes. You get an email from somebody and I've done it a couple of times. Thank God I didn't get hacked. But for instance, uh, it's been, I'm very fastidious now, but you know, it was, I think it was last year or the year before is I got an email and it looked exactly like Microsoft. Okay, because I have uh, 365 on my Word document, so forth and so on. And I didn't look in the subject line. I didn't look at where it came from, but it looked exactly like a, a Microsoft link. And what did I do? I clicked on that link. And right when I clicked on that link, everything almost like bells and whistles and reds and all this other stuff. I immediately shut my computer off. I unplugged everything. And by the grace of God, my uh, my firewall protected me. But I was an idiot to click on that link, not thinking that it, you know, and that is what I'm asking people to be is to be mindful is to understand, you know, and I'm assuming when I did it that day, I was doing 14 other things offline and I just wanted to get online to check real quick. Um, when you do that kind of stuff, you increase the probability of human error. Oh, wow. I've noticed like even with my, um, social media, if mm -hmm. I don't know you personally, I'm not accepting you as a, my friend. I've had my Facebook personal. I have my face personal. I, I think I have a hundred and I've had my Facebook for just about 10 years now. I only have 180, 150 uh, friends. Okay. Uh, I keep it on private in terms of content, but it's on public in terms of the content. But everything. So it, it, when we talk about social media, it is not quantity. It is quality. So every three or four months, I go to all my social media accounts and I call, I delete, you know, connections, followers that that don't interact with me, that haven't interact in general and nothing against them. But for Internet, uh, uh, Internet safety purposes, you always want to keep your followers, your groups, tight and small if you can. Oh, now, that's obviously such as you, Casey, being a public figure, you're going to have an account, you know, that's going to be more open to others following you so that you can interact. So for you, you would have Casey, the public figure uh, account, and then possibly Casey, the personal who Casey really is, that only interacts with her friends and loved ones, if that's what you so decide. I think I put it like it's private, and the only way that I'll accept you in is if I know you. Excellent. Excellent. You know, or I know, like, you are friends with my friend, but then I look at your profile. What are you about? Where are you from? And how many people else do I know you? Right. You know, but my my Facebook has changed to now it's followers instead of friends. Mm -hmm. Right. What, what I'm saying is 
whatever whatever decision you make for all of us, whether you decide to have followers, friends, whatever, it's being mindful. It's not about quantity. Okay? It's not about the, just because you have a thousand followers, a thousand friends. What does that mean? <laughs> does that mean you're more popular? Does that mean you're you're special? Does that mean? And unfortunately, and this usually happens to adults, but often with children. Children, minors, they feel that the more followers, the more friends, the more contacts they are, the more special they have. They look and they feel validated by the amount. Okay. Right. That is part of the human condition, even myself. Okay. Alfred Adler, my, my doctorate degree is from Adler University. God bless Alfred Adler. And what he believed is that we come into this world and we go out and we look to be validated, to be supported, to be part of. We are social creatures. All of it is about being part of something. All right. So what happens is, is when we have a lot of followers, a lot of friends, unfortunately, it validates us. Why? Because we're social creatures. That's the social aspect. The downside of that is the more followers and friends you have that you don't know or you haven't researched, you immediately increase the probability of being trolled, of being targeted. Ooh, I'm going to do a checklist on my followers. <laughs> I really like, I just enjoy doing what I'm doing and I don't mind sharing and sharing knowledge. Like this is what I've learned, you know, this is what I experienced, you know, and just getting people to think outside the box. Which is wonderful, but it's always being mindful not to be too personal. That You know what I'm saying? Um, again, there is odor. Offline distress dictates online response. As of right now, if I were to use odor, I, you're doing a great job. I can't tell uh, if, you, if you had a bad day. I can't tell if you were, you know, maybe I could see with odor, I could see you've got a lot of irons in the fire that you're dealing with before we did the show. Outside of that, I can't tell. But there's also a subconcept to eye predator called the IVI, eye predator victim intuition. And again, this is, is hypothetical, theoretical to odor. What I believe is that some eye predators are good enough. They have a little bit of psychological savvy. They're savvy enough to know how to read somebody online. They can tell if another online user is depressed, is discouraged, is angry, uh, is mad at their parents for some reason based on their interactions online and based on what they do. Online victim intuition is that some eye predators can tell about what you're posting, how you're posting, how you're presenting yourself, they can tell and they can conclude whether or not you would be a good target. Wow. Sounds like they went to like school to get all this shit. Well, there, there, there are, there are folks that get that are information security professionals. There are digital forensic professionals. There are what are called certified ethical hackers. There are, Black hat hackers, black hat hackers are online users that engage in illegal online activities. All right. So there is some schooling, but there are those, Casey, you being one, I'm sure you're intuitive. I'm sure you're probably a good judge of character. And I, I'd have to assume because you do channeling and, and the stuff that you do, you're probably good at reading people. I may be wrong, but I'll have to assume. And you're gender female. Women, notoriously, I hate, I'm not being chauvinistic, uh, 
women are very good at reading people and they're intuitive. They're better than men are. Not to say that us guys are bad at it, but women are more socially skilled in understanding uh, interpersonal communications. Well, it's not that. It's just, I guess our intuition, like we're more, I guess, plugged in or tuned in when we, you know, some of us, like mine is to be, it's intensifying now because Mm -hmm. of a phase in my life that I'm going through. It's intensifying my intuition, my energy. Mm -hmm. I'm all about energy. I could feel good energy, bad energy. And I'm like, okay, mm, all right. uh, I'm just going to. If I may interrupt though, the one thing is you can feel and you can pick up it. But the question is, and again, I can't answer this, but this is my belief. The difference between being online and offline is, is when you're offline and you're looking at somebody or you're in the same room or even in the same town, and you, you can pick up energy. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You have the five senses, you know, of taste, sight, smell, you know. Offline, that is part of our genetics. That's what protects us through self-preservation and survival. But when you're online, all of that goes out the window. So the question is, is your energy, your capacity to read others, is it that spot on when it's online as opposed to offline? Oh, that's a good question. I would beg to say you are far better offline than you are online. Because on online, you can't pick up all the micromannerisms, all the nonverbal communications, the smells, the sounds, the movements. You can, right now, I'm a talking head, you know? Thank God I'm a little bit Italian, Nucitelli. I'm using. You talk with your hands too. <laughs> but outside of that, you don't see. Again, I'm not in nice clothes. I'm wearing uh, my pajama pants right now. To be honest with you, okay. But That's what the I'm beauty saying, of doing things virtual now. <laughs> the, the reality is online is we can't read as accurately as we think we can, as we could if we were you and I were sitting in a diner somewhere you know, uh, oppose one another sitting in a booth. Online uh, relationship, online exchanges is very different than offline interpersonal, you know. So there are interpersonal skills dynamics, as you know. Interpersonal skills dynamic are how people deal with one another, okay? And what Mm -hmm. I'm saying is there is a huge difference between offline and online interpersonal uh, exchange. Wow. That's fascinating. I, I think it's, well, this is why I've studied and I share and I try to, to help people because I don't, I, I don't think most of it, even myself, realize how easy it is, is to expose yourself, to expose personal aspects about yourself online. Okay. So what's the difference between personal and being authentic? Well, the difference between authentic is being yourself to, to the, you know, to thine be true. Being authentic is being real. Being personal is sharing details about your past, your present, and your future. Okay. Oh, okay. Like going on a trip. That, well, and, and having your face, as I said, having your Facebook set to public and announcing online and you're all happy that you're going to the Jersey Shore. I'm on the East Coast. I'm in New York going to the Jersey shore and announcing to everyone when you're going, when you're coming back and how excited you are and doing that 
three weeks before you even leave to go to the Jersey Shore. Oh, I see. Okay, so I posted pictures after the fact that I went on a cruise. So I just posted like, oh, thank you, you know, babe, for this amazing experience after the fact. <laughs> like after the, after the fact is totally, is completely, yes, is, is totally different. Now, but if, let's say after the fact, you shared images of after the vacation and it's in front of your house or it's in front of where there is information that can be taken regarding how to locate you, where you live, so forth and so on, then you're moving into high risk. So it's essentially personal information are, are details about yourself that can be used to hurt you and for eye predators to learn about who you are and how to target you. For instance, if you had shared uh, content and you had announced to the world that you're going on this cruise, when you're going, where you're going to be, I'm going to be in Bermuda. All those announcements leading up to when, and you put pictures of you, where you, blah, blah. All of that is data that can be used to create a profile to, to case you, you know, to see if you're a good mark. Mm. Wow. Yeah, but if I may, so let's say after the fact, some of those pictures have you in uh, 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 a string bikini. Now, it's not sexually provocative. In most, you know, a lot of countries, you can go topless, you can wear a string bikini. But an eye predator will take that string bikini photo and he will, he will create it, he will Photoshop it, and he will use it to potentially sextort you. So it's always being mindful that the content that you're putting online can be uh, uh, adulterated and can be used against you. And Casey, I'm not saying we need to live like Puritans here, you know, mm -hmm. always being mindful that the dark side of cyberspace, there are those out there that are not looking to be empathic. They're not looking to support you. They're not looking to give you a pat on the back. What they're looking to do is, is to objectivate you and to exploit you. Wow. That is sad. Well, it, it is a little sad, but it, Casey, as you know, it's part of the human condition. But see, Yeah, until we wake up. Yes, well, in a pre-information age world, prior to the information age, all this still existed. Uh, you know, uh, racism, violence, yeah. all these, the, the dark side of the human condition has existed since the beginning uh, of civilization. Of our creation, honestly. Yes. But the difference is now is that it is now communicated, transferred, translated in technology. And now in a pre-information age world, if I was going to accost you, if I was going to abuse you, all right, I would abuse you in the town and who would know about it? Well, maybe you would call the police, maybe the next door neighbors, maybe your mother and father, because you were naturally your friends, you know, maybe some, you know, I would get in trouble, but now it is everybody. It's not just the town. It is the County. It is the state it is the nation. And potentially if it goes viral, it can be the whole world. So we're going from this idea of, of a small town uh, mentality to now you're talking global. Now, obviously, I'm hyperbolizing and exaggerating, but when something goes viral, what does that mean? Viral doesn't mean somebody's getting sick. Viral means a piece of content, whether it be an image, a text, something, something, a bit of fact of information 
goes widespread. Wow. Content about you, about me, about any of us can go viral. And viral doesn't have to be the whole world. It can just be people close enough that is your supervisor at your job. Wow. And that's why it's important to practice online safety and to be mindful about what you're doing online. Hmm, that's good to know. And something that could be innocent can turn around and be total nightmare. Yes. So you said it before, the difference between being authentic and being personal. That's excellent that you bring that up. But to be authentic is to be yourself, okay? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's decorum. You know, sometimes we'll have to agree to disagree. You know, you never talk about, you know, if you talk about religion and politics, as you know, you're opening up a potential can of worms. Uh, But I don't know how many times, and it's okay to banter. It's okay to have different philosophies. It's okay to engage in debate. But it's when debate begins to move into uh, uh, disinformation, misinformation, and nasty exchanges, now you're opening up a, a proverbial can of worms where you may win the bantering or the mini argument, but in the big picture, you now have just shared uh, information about yourself where you may have stuck your foot in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I see that a lot on social media, even on like the, the news media and whatnot, how, you know, and even the political ads now that are coming out. I'm like, yes. really? People <laughs> like, when are we going to get over this? You know, one, do your own research. Think for yourself. Don't believe everything that you see. Because that's a lot of our programming is, what these, this is the camera lens. Yeah. This is the speaker. And it goes in here. Right. This is the mother, the motherboard right here. There's, I, I can't explain. Uh, there, there's something that I've said for years now, and I, I know this sounds silly, um, and it's not happened yet. I believe it's gradually happening. Is what I say. Cyberspace is an extension of human consciousness, because we are so enveloped by information technology, social media. We're doing everything, and as each year that goes by, we are more enveloped. Virtual reality artificial intelligence, eventual nanotechnology will be through intravenous, but you know, to help, you know, fight off uh, disease and illness, but we are inundated and we are surrounded by technology. That's only going to continue. And you know what? That's in a way sad because then you're missing out on the opportunity of actually really living life. Yes. And enjoying having wonderful, amazing experiences, you know, because at the end of the day, I, I try to cut everything off and, and then get back in nature. Mm-hmm. Which is wonderful. But unfortunately, Casey, a lot of people aren't doing that. Uh, and a lot of children aren't doing that. Again, nothing against online gaming. Online gaming is a multi-billion dollar industry. Gee, I, I wonder why. Well, I mentioned earlier virtual learning environments, and now in the past five to seven years, and anybody can go into my website, is this idea of what's called internet addiction, internet use disorder, internet use gaming disorder. I just did an interview on internet addiction. That is now a whole new set of circumstances that have the effect of affecting the mind, body, the spirit, and, you know, uh, every every aspect about us. 
Yeah, because it, it's sort of, now this is on a scientific um, understanding from doing research and studying because they eat, I think it's the EF, is it EFTs, NFT? No. Uh, the frequencies that are electronic uh, devices like uh, project, mm -hmm. it decreases our frequency level. Okay. I, I don't know, but I, I'm assuming. I... So it's, you know, taking that time to recharge your energy and protect yourself from the electric, electric, electric magnetic field from the devices. Okay. Yeah, they, there has been some, I don't know if it's true or not, where they say you can get cancer from using mobile devices and that the it's electronic... It's not so much cancer. It depletes because we're all energy too. Yes. So it depletes and decreases our energy levels because the electromagnetic fields from our phone, iPads, laptops, and everything, it sort of hinders us. I would agree. So it's taking the time out, you know, let your phone charge. Don't, you know, constantly on it. Um, my one weakness is I have my morning motivation meditation mm -hmm. and it's on a playlist on my phone. So what I do is I got earbuds now mm -hmm. and I put my phone on the table and listen. Mm -hmm. So no it's like trying to do little things to get away from devices. Exactly. Exactly. And in the, Casey, the benefits of information technology, the benefits of where we are far outweigh the detriments. But, <laughs> the but, is that if, the other thing, if, if we do not practice uh, basic online safety, if we don't, uh, if we don't uh, learn, if we don't, you know, are sure to conduct ourselves in a certain way, we increase our probability of being targeted. And then, targeted, and then not becoming a victim. And then it's having internet and everything control our lives instead of we controlling it. Exactly. Exactly. So I do this because, you know, I have to use my devices here to do my show and whatnot. But I do them on my interviews on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then I air them out. And they're on, like, usually Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Monday and Wednesday. So and I'm not all day on my computer. <laughs> and that's why you're not an eye predator, because you're not using information technology to hurt others. What are you doing? You're using information technology, okay, to help. And that is the whole point is to be compassionate, to be respectful, to help, to educate, spend your time. Online presence is understanding that, okay? But there are a percentage of online users out there that are eye predators that are not going online to be compassionate, to be decent, to re be respectful. They're coming online to exploit, to, you know, to hurt and to harm other people. Why? Because it makes them feel better about themselves. Mm. Positive energy and negative energy, the duality of them. That is correct. So I just put more positive energy out there and just hope it expands more and more. Good. Well, I appreciate this time. I love talking about this. And you've like 
really educated me and opened my eyes thank to you. certain things as well. I thank you for that. Thank and you. I put all your links in the description notes for anybody else that wants to learn more about iPredator and to have a session with you. Um, everything's out there. Okay, so. thank you. And just real quickly before we end, it's just to let your, your followers know that everything at my website, all my assessments, everything is free. It's public domain and it's educational. So any of the assessments you print out or share, you don't even have to give an email address because that's not online safety. So just so for is anybody who's interested, it's all free and it's all educational and it's public domain. Thank you again. It was thank a you. pleasure having you on the show, Dr. Minutelli. Thank you. Well, there you go. I hope that was very informative and educational. You know, we got to get back into online safety. Online safety. Even myself, I've learned a lot from Dr. Nuccitelli. And I love that. It sounds like a good pasta dish to have his last name. So you never know who I'm going to get on my show. So stay tuned to the next episode of Wake Up With Casey. Casey.